What have we here? These guys are so funny. Hello. Holy shit. Thanks, C3 penis face and R2 dickhead. Hello there. Looking. Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> May the force be with us. Fucking A. Good day, Galaxy Rogue Squadron Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. My name is Mopar. We are jackasses. My name is Commander. We were just dancing before the stream started. Oh. Get, getting a little groovy with the, the tunage around here. <laughs> oh, so it's funny. always good to hear. Glad everyone is here tuning with us live. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. We are the rowdiest podcast in the galaxy. Sometimes. Most of the time. <laughs> I have an announcement actually for February. I'll say it a little bit after when we do the B review and stuff about how... Yeah, about what's going to happen in February. Um, but yeah, dude, I we had a great call earlier today. We did a roundtable with some of the other guys from the Star Wars Commonwealth. We talked all things Phantom Menace. They're doing a retrospective. So in this time between uh, episode eight and nine, maybe once a month or something, they're going to do go back and talk about the old Star Wars movies in order. So we joined them to start off with episode one, which was, was good, to, good chat, man. Good chat. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's always like you said. It's always cool to get different points of view. Um, they're a little older than us, and they were ch- uh, children during the original trilogy, uh, and they definitely said some things. I was just like, I cannot agree with that at all. But right. uh, I pr- definitely appreciate them uh, feeling that way because it's it's always cool to hear a different point of view. And certain point of view from a certain point of view, and they were very reasonable. You know, a lot of the original older fans are usually really grumpy about episode one, but they were, you know, very, very reasonable, had a lot of good things to say. A few, of course, you know, bad things to say all across the board, but yeah, it was good stuff, man. Yeah. So that, that's no, going... I, I think it really set it itself apart because the, it's easy to shit on anything. Yeah. And it actually felt like a positive uh, review reaction, um, reconditioning, re reestablates. Re, re <laughs> Um, of the Phantom Menace because uh, like I said it's always he- easy to hate I almost tried to like do troll and hate and easy it's, it's easy to trade to it. it's easy to um, trade at the same time <laughs> it's, it's that's usually easy what we to see. trade yes I mean it's easy for everybody to get pissed about Last Jedi and go on social media and talk about how terrible it is and why Ryan Johnson's ruining Star Wars and blah 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 um, that's easy you know you just see the movie once get pissed get outraged and then you have fun making uh, Twitter pages that are called Resist Disney or something crazy like that or may signing a petition. So, but yeah, it's a lot to look at it in a different light, especially with a different perspective of somebody that saw it totally different time and scenario and setting than you and then, and find places to agree on. It's fucking sweet. And we're going to be doing, uh, well, I should probably be discussing in depth a little more like our top five things that we enjoy from The Phantom Menace. Um, so we'll, we'll be kind of discussing that in depth later on this episode. Uh, like we were just talking about it. Um, I think uh, Commander watched it, what, last week-ish? The Phantom Sorry. Menace? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think last week after the uh, podcast I watched it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we'll be kind of discussing our, our favorite highlights of the uh, the Phantom Menace because um, there's the obvious Jar Jar. Everybody hates him, but uh, let's move <laughs> past that and kind of understand as a Star Wars fan, what, what do you enjoy from the film? Because I think it did bring a lot of uh, unique aspects to the universe. Right, right, right. Yeah, man, it was fun. Um, the chat is not working here for some reason. Fuck him. Making me sad. <laughs> That's annoying. Oh, well. People are saying some shit. I just wanted to talk about it. 
Well, sorry, you guys, if you're watching this and you're not live and you can't see the chat, I'm just going to pull it up here so we can see what happens. Um, yeah, so I want to get into the B review. Okay. I have an announcement. I'm pulling a Mopar and I'm doing Sober February. Sober February. By orders of Mrs. Commander, we're doing Sober February. Okay, cool. I, I said, if we're going to do one, we might as well do the shortest month of the year. <laughs> so why not? <laughs> so I'm going to be, this is my last one, my last beer on the podcast for four episodes. So I'm going to have to come up with, maybe I'll review coffee or something because I love coffee. But I'm going to come up with something else to, uh, to have on the show and talk about while you get completely trashed without me. Okay. What do you have for today? I picked a good one. I picked an interesting one. What do you have? I bought um, Dogfish Head. I bought Dogfish Head. Romantic Chemistry IPA. Um, It says a serious fruit-forward IPA brewed with an intermingling of mangoes. I don't know. It's got some mango and fruit (laughs) shit. But... uh, I think there's some mingling mangoes on there. That's exciting. <laughs> um, not going to lie. I had I had this last night. I saw it, uh, and I just picked up a six-pack, so I've got two of these. Um, so I'm not doing a true review, but uh, we will discuss it once I start indulging. Wait, are you saying that you are having a beer on the review that you've already had? Yeah, we've both done that. <laughs> just giving you shit. Um, conveniently, I also got Dogfish Head. I picked it up because I usually don't like sour ales, and I wanted to challenge myself. Sea Quench Session Sour Ale. Um, I've loved everything from Dogfish Head. They've been fantastic. Usually stuff is really, really strong. This is a session. It's only 4.9%. It says it's blissfully brewed with lime juice, lime peel, black limes, and sea salt. So a bunch of limes. No lemons though, huh? I guess not. They're pissed about the lemons. Pissed about the <laughs> Ale brewed with lime and sea salt, yeah. I bet it's going to be like that Anderson Valley that we had that had that kind of salty aftertaste that balanced out the sour. So Anderson Valley goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one with the bear on the front. What is a black lime, though? That's brewed with black limes. I don't know. Look it up. I can't. I'm, all, I'm recording a <laughs> podcast. Padilla <laughs> says, uh, Dead Pulio says he's going to drink beer for me. There you go. That's what I need. I drank so beer you, for Mopar no, while he was doing his. <laughs> are, are you doing no no drink February? Or are you doing no beer no February? No drink February. Oh, going dry. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it was fun. I mean, something to do, something to challenge yourself with. So, yeah. Yeah. Good definitely, idea. Definitely a challenge. And Nicole up here says she did no beer for two months and lost 18 pounds. Wow. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's part of it. Time to time to make some changes. Um, and the beer, I think, will be a good jump start. Cutting it out for a month, I think, will help be a good jump start. I'm trying to get on Dane's level. Dane? Darth Dane. <laughs> no one's on Dane. <laughs> so you're gonna try to be a Sith Lord that can bench a school bus. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> I have the height for it. Now I just need to finish my training. Finish the training. Awesome. All right. Well, let's uh drink these beers. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers for the last time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is a lot more crisp than I uh, remember last night. It's good. Hmm. Yep. So it says here, I didn't finish it off. Uh, so it's 
got mangoes, apricots, and ginger, then dry hopped with three varieties of hops. So this is just a super big blend. Hop Central. Mine doesn't have anything about the hops. Yeah, man, my first uh, instinct or my first reaction to a taste of any sour beer is like, no. Like it tastes like a Bud Light Lime. And I hate to say that because obviously that beer's like really bad. So Dogfish Head, I'm not trying to hate your beer. I'm just usually not a sour fan. So I'm trying to, I need to work work my way into it. How about that? This is uh, pleasantly refreshing. Uh, some, of, some of the IPAs can get, Overly bitter and, and that sort of thing. Um, Overly bitter, with they never all, listen. With all of the fruit that's intermingled uh, into this, um, it's actually quite smooth, quite refreshing. Uh, it's easy to drink, per se. Nice, man. Yeah, I don't know. I need to sit on this for a second. I don't want to say what I'm already thinking. <laughs> I want to give it a, give it a real shot. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. This is also very nice because it's blended well. For all of the ingredients and uh, flavors that they're throwing in here, it's not a rush of one thing or the other. Mm -hmm. uh, so they, this is a well-blended beer. The Romantic Chemistry IPA. It's good. See, this is called the Sea Quench Ale. And it may just be me, but when I'm... Sea Wench. The <laughs> Sea Wench. They should have called it that. When I'm thirsty, sour stuff doesn't quench my thirst. No, it, it doesn't. It makes me not thirstier. Yeah. This is like having the opposite effect. No, I hear you. Uh, I didn't mention this is 7.2% alcohol by volume. It's so getting better as I go. <laughs> yeah, that's how they all are. <laughs> Very true. They taste better and better. <laughs> Even that uh, spoiled freaking lining cool that I had <laughs> at the end of last year. Nah, man, it's not terrible. Yeah, Dogfish Head, uh, I'll give them a solid, oh, as a brewery, definitely a two. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoy a lot of their uh, their brews. Yep. Um, this one's unique, uh, but I don't think it's unique enough. It's not wowing me, so I'm, I'm definitely uh, landing on a hard two. Uh, but I would definitely recommend this to anybody, especially if you're not an IPA fan. This is uh, particularly easy to drink. So it's got some weird fucking, all right, like a peach, is, a peach emoji is an ass. This has got like a, a peach hugging a pear, and it's it's awkwardly sexual. Um, <laughs> my man panties are getting sultrated here. <laughs> sultrated. <laughs> there um, we go. Here, I'll show I'll show you guys. Yeah, because the it's kind of uh, yeah. So I don't know if it's a like a fruit threesome we got going on here, or if that's a child. Um, but they're holding hands. They're locking a lot of limbs here. Um, <laughs> so we got a, a fruit orgy uh, happening with the uh, romantic chemistry here. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, the um, well, like we've talked about the the case, the the cans, and the design on them is always super fun and super important. This one just got a bunch of ingredients laying around on it. Yeah, it's I okay. actually. Uh, so where are these guys out of? Uh, I think it's a Michigan one. No, Is Delaware. 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 Okay, that's that's not too far. I was thinking Bells and Founders, but yeah, Dogfish heads out of Delaware. No wonder it's big around here. Yeah, the, every every tap, every tap room, every bar has at least one Dogfish head mm -hmm. around here. Kind of like uh, CBC in Columbus. Everybody's got CBC. Cool. Uh, yeah, I landed on a hard two. You, you're not going to rate it yet. You're going to sit on it for a little while. See, I don't like sour, so I don't want to give it a one because it's probably not that bad. But it's just for me, I'm like, eh, not going to happen. 
I mean, it's your rating, so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I got to say one. That's yeah. okay. I'm okay with I it. I got to say one. I'm not okay with that. I feel bad. I was hoping it would change my minds, change my buds. Well, if it did, it would be a three and it'd be blowing your mind right now. So, Well, true. Very true. Very true. You're blowing me out of the park. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. Um, no, it's it's not the it's not the worst sour that I've ever had. Uh, it's just not my thing. So I'll say one. Yes, sours are probably the most unique beer that I I can't. It takes a really special sour for me to enjoy it. Yeah, like even though I'm not a porter fan, there's mm-hmm. still a lot of porters that I would like and enjoy. Sours, it's a long shot. It's yeah. uh, you have to be really special for me to be like, wow, the sour's great. <laughs> really special. Mm-hmm. Sour Patch Kids. Um, all right. I would say let's just jump into The Phantom Menace because I know you've been ranting and raving uh, about the film. <laughs> for like a um, year. And we just, like, like we said, we just got done kind of going through the film and walking backwards through time uh, and kind of understanding where we were at the time in, in 1999, how old we, we were, what it felt to us. Um but I'd really like to just dig into that because there it was a cool time. It was exciting. We were kind of at the right age. And there was many aspects that I wanted to uh, kind of talk about and discuss in depth, more in depth um, than we did with the roundtable. Um, first off, I w- it was kind of the growing up with the prequels. Mm-hmm. You and I were at like the perfect age. And they kind of started touching on it in the roundtable where... You and I were 10, 11 years old in 99, 2000. So it was that perfect time that the fact that they made Anakin so young. Yeah. Um, and then we walk through, we get to episode two and episode three. We almost are growing up with Anakin. Uh, it's kind of the same aspect of what like the Harry Potters did. There's a lot of children yeah. and the, the films and the books started off very childish and not in a bad way. It's a, it's a book for children. And it's right. a story for children. But then it grows into a teenage thing. And then it grows even further into like a dark, adult, serious thing. Yeah, um, I was I was really happy when Rob brought that up on the show. Because I we mentioned, we did the Hero's Journey thing like two episodes ago. And I did bring up Harry Potter and how they're related. But I never thought about it in that regard where the the story and the maturity level of the story kind of grows up with the people that are watching it. <laughs> It's really yeah. interesting to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. And it makes, it, it leaves a door open for new fans in 99, you and me. While I don't know, if, I honestly wouldn't even know if I would say I was a Star Wars fan in 1999 until the film came out. Um, like, okay, Legos, I, I'll play with some tie, TIE Fighter shit and stuff <laughs> like that. But you ask me anything specific about the Star Wars universe, I'm not going to know. I wasn't really a Star Wars fan at that time. Um, yeah, but, but you don't really think of yourselves in terms of fandom, though, when you're that young. True. I don't I, think I mean, so. But, you just but, you like what you like until, you know, like I wasn't not, a, That's not entirely true, because I would say I, I was a Pokemon fan. I was a uh, Beast uh, Wars fan. I was, you know, Nickelodeon fan. Uh, but if you ask me anything specifically about Star Wars, I, I couldn't say I, I wholeheartedly would agree with that. I got you. Um, I feel you. But the the prequel, and that's kind of why I we always stand up for the prequels, because that was <laughs> our gateway to the Star Wars universe. Um, well, that plus KOTOR, yeah. Yeah, and the, the original trilogy, we've already talked about, is a little dated for an, a 10, 11, 12-year-old in the early thousands. Um, and while they, they are great films to stand alone, it's, it ain't happening, okay? <laughs> 
no, it's not always happening. That's the thing too. And I think the guys brought this up about trying to get somebody into Star Wars with the originals because you want to, you know, keep it traditional and show them where everything started back in 77. But if you don't show them the special edition, like special effects wise, like everything's dated. Like, I don't even know if I could go back and watch the VHS versions of, of A New Hope because there's probably a lot of stuff that stands out and it looks like you can't even trash. get into it. It's absolute trash. Well, compared to especially what kids have nowadays, like the, you can go on YouTube and watch crazy animated and the most amazing thing you've ever seen. And then you try to get your little child to watch Star Wars and they're like, they're bored as hell. Yeah. There's it's, two it's robots a, walking around a desert for 20 minutes. It can be a long shot because they're, they're used to a higher <laughs> level of graphics and, and that sort of thing nowadays. Mm-hmm. As a standard, you know, even bad films look great nowadays. And that's yeah. kind of the, like, like we talk about Transformers 19 or whatever Michael yep. Bay is doing now. Yep. Even though they're they're terrible movies, they look astounding. Um, so, yeah, I think the uh, the level of uh, graphics and the standard has just at, at a, such a high level that when you go back and look at any film, it's mm-hmm. we're not limiting it to uh, something like Star Wars. It's just more relevant and apparent in star wars because that's part of the universe like the the ships and you know the the species that don't exist it's it's more glaring i guess well and we sit there and watch it all the time and talk about it all the time so what what are you discussing here um uh star trek i think it's my favorite thing (laughs) i think it's my favorite thing (laughs) (laughs) uh it's a four out of two um (laughs) no i uh uh, so episode one, let's keep going with it. Um, the soundtrack is Soundtrack's probably the best thing ever. That's let's let's end it there. That's perfect because I I really think this was the first film that like while the soundtrack is epic in the original trilogy, this soundtrack truly stood stood out and just it wasn't just an underlying tone. It wasn't um. <clears throat> it, I don't want to make more, it sound like we're not digging the original trilogy. It just right? has a different tone. Well, it it, it not only uh, embodies the hectic aspects of the Phantom Menace because there's shit blowing up. It's an actual war. I feel like this is the first film we actually see the the title word described right. in the film. Right. Because like in the original trilogy, there's not, I mean, you see individual battles, but you never really feel a war. Right. Um, I mean, Hoth, okay, but they're running. It ha- it lasts, what, a half hour and they're, they're gone. I feel like in episode one, you actually see the Gungans like preparing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a strategy involved. Mm-hmm. They're going for the throne room. That gets split up with Maul. And then there's, there's so many aspects of this war um, and this is just one piece of it because mm-hmm. obviously this is just one planet, one one city, and everything. So it just starts growing, and it's a largeness of the galaxy and the war itself. Yeah, I'd say one big complaint that <clears throat> I don't totally disagree with is the character development and the focus on the characters in the prequels. Prequels feel like a a way to take a universe that we love and. It, blow it completely out of the water and there's a million planets that you've never seen and species and starfighters and everything else. So to me, the soundtrack feels like in the originals, it's really focused on the characters. We have Luke's yeah. theme at the binary sunset. We have Leia's theme, Han's theme, Vader's theme, all this stuff. And it's very focused on particular people. And then when you get to the prequels, it's more, it's Anakin and Padme's theme together. And then you have the droid march, which by the time you get to Revenge of the Sith is being used for Anakin storming the Jedi temple. 
So it's a lot more about the the setting and the war and like the situations that are happening rather than specific characters. Usually. No, I like that. It's like the setting or event that's happening and it's it's written and expanding on that as opposed to like describing a character or or embodying yeah. a character. Yeah. It's, well, even, it's, a, even, it's a larger view. Even Duel of the Fates, it's not Maul's theme. It's happening during that entire battle sequence at the end. And it does come back in, in three when uh, Anakin and what's his face? Anakin and Obi-Wan are, are doing too. There's, it's snuck up in there a little bit with Battle of the Heroes. But yeah, that's my uh, um, dissertation on the Star Wars soundtrack. I'm going to give you a B minus. I didn't like uh, most hey, of man. it. So. I pass. I don't give a shit. <laughs> that was truly my mindset when I was in college. Fuck it. I passed. Let's move on to the next thing. Um, my wife was pissed because I wrote my major music history research paper at the bar during happy hour, like two or three days in a row. Got like a 97. She's pissed because she spent like two weeks on it and got a lower grade. And I was just sitting you know there. What? Yeah, I mean, Bud Light. Uh, this one about Tchaikovsky and da, 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 da. <laughs> I, uh, it's weird because as a history major, I I only wrote papers, but I never really had to write a really long paper because I hear craziness like I had to write a 20-page paper, blah, blah, blah. I think the longest paper I ever wrote was like seven, seven, eight, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I never really – I was never really challenged, honestly, in college <laughs> to that aspect because, um, yeah, I never really had to write. I guess I, I just chose the right classes take <laughs> I, I don't think, know i think that was like the last the big one like the culmination of you know three full years of studying music and it was like probably 20 pages i think it's pretty long wow fuck that i pain. cannot write that i'm i can't i can't do the right you good. gotta be really excited about it like if i had to write a 20 page research paper about why the phantom menace is awesome i could probably do it because it'd be That's exciting to do you know what i mean but if i had yeah. to go do it about like why one Star single? Awesome. Well, that's yeah, that <laughs> or one single battle in the Civil War or something. Like I couldn't really get into that, so it'd be fucking terrible. I also took very unique classes because I, it, it, almost to that point, I wasn't gonna be talking about some ancient history that I don't give a flying fuck about that doesn't pertain to me. <laughs> so that's why I did Sith uh, history. You weren't into that, no? I, I can't handle it. I, I can't <laughs> relate to it. Um, that's why I did like American history, uh, and which is so current because American history isn't that long. Um, so it was stuff that, you know, our parents lived through, our grandparents lived through that was like very close to mm-hmm. us. Um, and I, I mean, my, my highest level history class was sex, drugs, and race. So we talked about like how a nipple slip changed the earth. Like, it, I mean, it was, it was weird stuff like that. How HIV affected the culture of the United States, like weird stuff like that. But it, it's, it's so close to us in history yeah. um, that it's almost still affecting us. in, in uh, so, um, well, that's really interesting. Cause a lot of like, when you get to a class level or you're studying, it's usually about the big events that, that affect, you know, the society, the culture or change things. But there's always like very little things that, that, tip the balance of where things are going yeah well yeah 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 no that's yeah. why i enjoyed that stuff and that's why i i like history i don't like the events i don't like the dates i like how it affects everyday life how it change changes people's perception of 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 a certain thing or you know whatever it is because mm-hmm. as a culture i like to see those ebbs and flows of change i guess through generations or or the events that happen um 
And obviously, like, history, wars are a huge spark because regardless, Don't spark, say spark, spark, spark. I can't hear spark, spark, spark anymore. Spark, spark, I can't spark. hear that word ever again. Please. <laughs> I have PTSD from hearing spark. I also have that. Um, <laughs> McLean and Riley are in the chat pissed that I'm not drinking beer for a month. I might join you again. I, I, I did. You know what's weird is everybody always asked, um, do you feel like a, you have a clearer mind? I was like, no, I really don't. Really? Uh, yeah, I didn't f- feel. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I felt better, but uh, like a clearer mind, I didn't at all. I just, I was just like, no, I just haven't drank for a month. That's the only difference. Usually, if the like the beer makes my mind all fuzzy, like it's because of the gluten. Like if I have a giant burger and fries, like I can't, I can't do anything for like an hour or two. Like my mind is just, it gets all fuzzy because I can't fucking think. So I think, think when it's it come, from the gluten or from your own mind saying I shouldn't have ate that and like I'm pissed. No, probably from the gluten. I've never heard that. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, if I like if I chow down on canes, I'm like I'm done. I'm out of it. Well, just like pasta and shit like that. Can't focus after that, man. Pancakes. I can't. Yeah, pancakes exactly. All that plus the sugar. Pancakes are the worst. Even though I love pancakes, I never order them because I I feel like I'm not gonna bathe for a week because I feel. So like a, such a pile of shit after eating pancakes. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, That's it. man, wh- what else about the, the Phantom Menace urges your scrutch? Everything. <laughs> Literally everything. Literally everything. Nah, man. I, I, uh, I've said this that I like it more and more as I watch it, which is surprising because usually people like it less and less as they watch it. Well, I think you it, you finally gotten to the point where you can like look past the obvious uh, bad aspects of the film. So Jar Jar, okay, I know he's going to be on screen. Yeah, I get it. What else is Just actually happening him around Jar Jar? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that's probably it. And I don't now that I've watched every Star Wars movie so many times, I usually don't sit down and literally just watch the movie because I pretty much know what happens anyways. I, I'm usually doing it while I'm doing other stuff or I'm working and it's on the background or blah blah blah. So. <laughs> In that regard, I've had episode one on like a lot. One in one in seven, actually, a lot. Um, but yeah, you just once Jarjo's on screen, I'm just focused on something else. And then I kind of revert back when the the battle at the end is happening and then et cetera, et cetera. But you know what's weird is I watched I put on uh episode seven this week and I just couldn't I couldn't get into it. It was very weird. Um I don't I can't say for any like particular reason, but because you hate Star Wars. It, and this is Mopar signing off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I put it on. I watched uh, Onkar Plutt and that nonsense. And then I watched Finn run up and looking for water. And I just kind of zoned out. I was like, I can't do this right now. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it was me. But uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't capturing me uh, like it normally does. It wasn't so. in Scourge in there, Kirch. I, well, it wasn't. Well, maybe you, just, you weren't in a Star Wars mood, man. I, I do go through... So I roomed with Butterclone in college and for a year after college too. And we always talked about how fandom, we would go in like waves. So like leading up to Last Jedi, I'm balls deep. All things Star Wars. Can't wait to see The Last Jedi. I saw it four times in theaters. Now I'm watching all the movies like every other night or something at home while I'm, while I'm doing shit. And it's just Star Wars all the time. But in the, probably pretty soon because Marvel's next thing on my mind. 
is that I'm going to get sick of that. I'm going to have to take a big detox from Star Wars for a little bit because you can only handle it so much. If you watch it once a week, every week, forever, you're going to get really sick of all the movies. Yeah, very true. I actually, I don't watch Star Wars as much as you do. Um, while obviously I'm a big fan and we talk about it all the fucking time, I, I watch maybe one movie, and this is no joke, maybe one movie a month-ish. That's about um, right. Now, of course, with The Last Jedi coming out, I watch Rogue One, and I was balls deep on that, and I just tried to watch Episode 7, like I said, but um, I, it's not on a regular basis. I've actually gotten to the point where I'm, I'm looking for shit I've never watched before. Yeah, um, no, I feel that, so too. I, I, I was starting to go through, like, the Godfathers. Uh, I watched the, the first two. I know we discussed it, but I, and I still haven't seen the third one. Mm. Um, but I do own it, and it's it's real close uh, on the list. What's well, a chore to watch through all three of those, though, isn't it? Yeah, they're very fucking long. Yeah, they're like two to three hours. It's it's really fucking long. But yeah, we would usually phase in and out. Like I'd be in all Star Wars mode, and then I would go to like Lord of the Rings, and then I would come back and go to like all Mass Effect, and then come back and go back to like uh, like Skyrim and stuff like that. And it would just kind of phase in and out. So. Star Wars is coming down right now, and I'm getting into Marvel stuff, as we have mentioned a little bit. Black Panther is in only three weeks. Yeah, it's coming up quick. I, I've uh, I've caught a couple. What was it? I think I saw an interview and then a TV spot. Um, yeah, so I, as soon as I saw like those two within a, a week, I was like, the movie's got to be coming out soon because they would be pushing it this hard. But, yeah. Uh, it's the... I, I'm excited. Thir- 14th? 13th or 14th of February? Okay. Something like that. I'm so, like that. Uh, McLean here says, there's a rumor that he heard that Ryan Johnson's trilogy is not going to have any Jedi or Sith. But I don't know if that seems right. What's your thoughts? Well, maybe Jedi or Sith as a title. I think it might have Force users or like the beginning of Force users and people getting pissed and throwing sticks at each other. I think it'd be really cool to not have any Jedi or Sith. Just be built on the Star Wars galaxy. Well, Rogue One until Vader showed up and he was only in the movie for six minutes total. If that. It was a fucking awesome movie. You just put it, you just moved it all the way to number one. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I think it would work well and it would really build upon the normal everyday people, the 99%ers. Because the Jedi and Sith are always those oddball 1% that for how much they can affect the universe, dude, on a daily basis, like people on Tatooine, the entire empire came and went. I guarantee you almost nothing changed on Tatooine. Yeah. For sure. So it's kind of that realization that we are on such a high level when we're following those people that, you know, people in the outer rim aren't even affected by that and they don't fucking care. Right, 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 exactly. Yeah, and if you think about A New Hope, a lot of people say that's the best one because it was the first, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Luke meets Ben and he tells him a little bit about the Force and the Jedi and then they get on the Death Star and they're running around. There's no lightsabers. He's not using the Force. He's using blasters and getting into fucking antics. Ben fights Vader and then dies. And then again, I mean, there's not a lot of Force Jedi stuff in there. It's just like the very beginnings of Luke finding out what the Jedi were about and what the Force could be. But for the most part, I mean, there's no, there's not many Force power. There's no Force powers, I don't think, except for the mind trick and that awful fucking 
Yeah, the Pope. Fucking lightsaber duel. Can well, we I talk mean, really? about that duel? That it, That is sure. so... Like, I'm so surprised, and maybe I'm just naive to it, but why, why wasn't that based on some type of sword fighting? Like, I feel like it, it on a ground level that should be based on something, whether it's like fencing or if it's like ancient Roman, some bullshit based on something. I'm just saying ancient the way, Roman what? <laughs> the way Obi-Wan just like holds it like a, like a candle that's about to blow out because of the wind. He's holding it like that and just like <laughs> waving it randomly in front of Vader. I'm like, this is atrocious. This is so bad. And I know we've been, um, uh, spoiled, spoiled with with uh, the prequels and and the nonsense that happens there. But it's it's that spectrum. Let's land somewhere in the middle, which I think the uh, sequel trilogy has. It's not crazy choreographed nonsense, but it's also not poking sticks at each other. Like <laughs> Obi Wan could would have done better, like grabbing a walking stick and kind of literally just poking. <laughs> One thing I will say in the in the defense of of this duel is so did you see the saber club that was at our event for Last Jedi dueling yeah. outside? So one thing that they were trying to explain is like when it comes down to a, I don't even know if it's fencing, so forgive me if I'm if I'm ruining like the name of, or the style of this, but if you get hit once, you lose. So it's a lot more cautious and it's a lot more like one quick jab and then the person has to defend and try to find an opening and it actually, when you see two people fight in real life with like fake lightsabers, that's kind of what it looks like, unless they choreograph something. So, like the one thing that I will say in its defense is, it kind of looks like two people are having like a little fencing duel or whatever the fuck in real but, life. But that's not what I want to see on screen, right? And but I was going to say, say, even though I, I asked it to be based on something. One poke and you're dead is not the reality of what would happen in that instance. Yeah. So stop acting like. Yeah. No, I, and I I sound a lot more pissed than I I, I am. I'm just saying like. It's not like, something that oh, keeps me up at night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it it does keep me up constantly. I haven't slept um, in months. I haven't slept in months. <laughs> it's just uh it's. It's it's a, a dark shadow poking a stick <laughs> through the shadows. It's like a Tim Burton film with a stick, and it's 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 really scary, honestly. Um, all right, let's let's bounce back to the uh, the Phantom Menace here. So actually, one high aspect that is commonly a high aspect is is Maul, and I was actually surprised because you begged to differ. Not, I don't beg to differ. I mean, you fucking hate him, and you fucking Fuck, told me that, right. and you were talking about it earlier, and you salty ass bitch. <laughs> Maul's a badass. Great in the context of that movie, he shows up. He's on screen for ten minutes, maybe. He's in a badass fight, and then he gets cut in half. Dude, he reveals himself to the Jedi, and he says that. Okay, <laughs> that's that's about <laughs> Maul's character development, it's though. Just like, and yeah. I feel it, and I I, I think uh, that's kind of. The downfall of that entire film is the lack of character development, lack of emotion. See, um, I'm not mad about it from Maul's perspective, though, because he, I always pictured like he is supposed to be like Sidious's henchman. Shadow warrior. Yeah. Well, and he's like Sidious's, like he's there literally for that purpose and he fails and that's fine. But I don't know. People, because he looks so cool and he has the first double bladed lightsaber that we've ever seen, people blow him out of proportion and then he fucking shows him in Clone Wars and 
Then he shows up in Rebels all because, you know, he's a fan favorite just because of how he, again, just like Boba Fett, just of how, like, he looks sweet, he acts sweet, and he has this backstory that's really cool. But on film, he doesn't really do anything. So it's just like he, Fett. He, he kills Qui-Gon. Yeah, true. He does kill Qui-Gon. Sorry. A little bit. So he's better than Boba Fett. Sorry. <laughs> he's better than, but he actually better does something. Fett. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But, um, I, it's it's so you it, it's so unique. I don't even know how to say this. So unique, you can't even say it. It's so weird that they would not that they would build a character up like that and kill him off, but they had to understand like this. There's so much potential with this character that let's just put, let's just compare it to the character like Poe, where Poe was supposed to die in Episode Seven. True, but but simply Isaac was just like, I don't want to die, and they're like, All right, we'll just keep Poe around. Darth Maul had so much potential. Why the hell would you kill him off so instantly? True. I mean, he could have easily died at like the Clone Wars uh, battle at the end of episode two or something mm -hmm. like weird like that. You could have kept him on for a little while longer. Um, but I mean, it, that takes a lot away from uh, Obi-Wan and, and him putting it to him. The Padawan kills Darth Maul. It's just been up his game. I think I have more hatred for Maul now than I should because of Clone Wars and Rebels. That's probably what it is. Because no one's going to sit there and say that Maul's not a badass character. Of course he is. I just, there's not much depth there. And when there is depth in Clone Wars and Rebels, I don't really like where he went. So I'm not really concerned about it. Yeah. I, really I, I, about I, I like the character because they grow upon it. But uh, him as a film character is uh, just kind of cool to look at. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather learn more about Dooku. Uh, he was also kind of just put there, mm. cut off. Speaking of Dooku, um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find the meme because it was, a, it was a while ago, but I saw something on Twitter and it was a it was a picture like Yoda after the Dooku fight in episode two trying to save those rocks from the ceiling. It took him so much effort just to do that. And yeah. then it was a picture of Ray. It was like, takes almost no effort at all to lift all these boulders out of the way to save the resistance. And it was like, because it was another one of those memes that's like Ray's overpowered Mary Sue for no reason. Yeah. So Dooku just reminded me of that for some reasons. What do you think about that? Uh, the only like, thing that I would say is, uh, I, I mean, it's situational. Yoda, there's a Sith, uh, and let's just call him a Sith Lord. There's a Sith Lord standing right in front of he him. Was he was a Sith wasn't, Lord. He was literally fighting him one second before that. Right. So his focus was on something else. And to 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 move your focus from defending and killing this dude to saving other people within the room, that's that is a large jump. And even for someone like Yoda, where you have to have a clear mind to do a lot of simple things with the force, and you are not clear-minded when someone ten feet away is trying to cut you in half. So I think I think it's situational. I think Ray. It, I I think it did come almost too naturally to Ray, but that's almost her character. Well, that's and the she, point, I think. And she she's able to do these things um, naturally, and but she was able also to focus completely on those boulders. Right. So, yeah. No distractions. No distractions. Clear minded. She knew what she had to do. Yoda's trying not to get killed, but also By saving the day. The best duelist in the galaxy. Also, his old apprentice, a former Jedi, 
He has, probably hasn't seen him in however many years. He's probably all emotional about that shit. And Duke had brought down like almost the entire ceiling. Like he has to stop. It's not just some boulders. It's like an entire ceiling is coming down on his fucking head from the hangar. Well, and, and I, I was kind of mixing that up because when, when Dooku pulls down that like tower thing and try to cut to crush Obi, Kenobi, That's and first. Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it takes a lot of effort for for An- or Yoda to defend against that too. So, yeah, I think it's it's situational. Um, and for I sure. think I think it's downplaying Dooku's power to say that it's easy for it should be easy for Yoda to do these things. Yep. Yeah. So I agree, yeah, I mean, I I I understand the argument uh, about Ray being overpowered. I I also feel that she it, it it's too natural. She hasn't had a teacher. How does she even know to do this? Um, Because even in episode seven, you see her start reading fucking minds and shit, and she doesn't even know what she's doing. She talks the stormtrooper into unlocking her and leaving his blaster and walking out. She never even knew that was a thing. Using her intuition, man. Oh. Anakin was pod racing at nine. He built and raced and won a pod racer at nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it it the the force works in a mysterious way. Well, he's the fucking chosen one, so of course everyone's cool with that. Look, I'm not saying I'm upset with any of that. I'm just saying that I'm I understand tr- you, the you arguments. Did. You basically did, and I'm triggered. I'm the only Thorian that can do it. <laughs> I got four, eight throats, or whatever the fuck, <laughs> dude. I watched season one of that Clone Wars show, the 2003 one. It's so good. It's so much better than the new one. It's so weird how they 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 build so much emotion in in that with that no one talking. Yeah, Everyone almost just no dialogue. Facial expressions. Yep. Yeah, there's almost no dialogue. It's so good, dude. It's awesome. And when when Mace lands and just de, de- bodies the fucking droids, takes all the screws out and they all fucking <laughs> fall to pieces. So sweet. And then he kills a bunch of other droids with those pieces. I know. Oh god. So yes, awesome. yes, yes. Let's see more of that. More of that. And that that also made uh, Grievous a fucking badass. Yeah, dude. He was brutal. Yeah, he, you don't see any of that. You see a wheezing, hacking dude who gets like bested by Anakin and Obi at the beginning of 3, and then um, Obi-Wan Kenobi by himself fucks him up. I'm just like, ugh. I get it, and I, I agree that Obi-Wan should be beat him but it doesn't build upon the character of grievous uh and what he's done before well so here's the it's grievous is kind of like maul if you just look at episode three like that's kind Mm -hmm. of his purpose you know what i mean he's in nuisance he's a he's a minion of uh of sidious and that's kind of his his role there in three but if you watched it at the right time you got to see the cartoon before episode three came out so you had backstory there already as opposed to going in episode one and it's Maul's there for the first time. Yeah. So. Yeah, the the dark side is always very hazy throughout the movie. Would movies. you say it's clouded? No, it's more of like a light mist. Gotcha. Um, smog. <clears throat> smog. S- smoke, smoke, Snoke. Ah, oh, same letter, same guy. <laughs> um, Dude, Snoke is awesome. I, I don't know that yet. We don't know anything about him. Uh, um, he is. He blasted Kylo Ren 50 feet away with his lightning on the floor. Like, without even trying. Threw it was a so sweet. to the ground through a fucking video chat. So that awesome. Was fucking awesome. What so up, Tickle cool. Man? And he th- was toying with Ray. 
hitting her upside the head with a lightsaber. So cool. See, now, I, I don't think it's as far-fetched as you guys were making it out to be uh, last episode with Chainsaw when I was kind of throwing out that theory that Ray actually killed Snoke. Because um, they, they left some devices there that... I, I don't think it was completely random. I think she's naturally strong in the Force. I think Kylo was actually focused on killing her. And maybe Kylo was actually controlled by Snoke, like Snoke was saying. So Snoke wasn't even like... He wasn't lying focused. about it? Well, he wasn't mentally focused on Rey. He was mentally focused on Kylo killing Rey. And that, that left that opening of Rey killing him. Rey catches the lightsaber. And then later on, Hux asks what happened. And he says, Rey killed the Supreme Leader. And it's like, mm. they, they left a lot of like cookie trails there, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, they left cookie trails pretty much on everything. V uh, no, that's very true, and that's what they've been <laughs> doing since Disney bought it, but uh, yeah, but, I don't but, think it's as far-fetched as you guys. You guys like laughing about it last episode. <laughs> well, no, because you were, I thought you were trying to say that Ray was just sitting in front of Kylo, not being controlled at that point, and like had freedom of her like devices and stuff. But she was like in floating in the air, like Snoke still had her like completely locked down sitting there waiting for Kylo to decapitate her or something. So that, that was the only thing that I was saying. And it, it's, I don't know. What do you think? So Kylo's turning his lightsaber and then you can see him, the camera angle on his side. He's moving his hand as a motion to turn the Skywalker lightsaber. So it's just based on how they shot it. It made it obvious that it was Kylo doing it the whole time. Yeah. And well, I, I don't know. And that's, that's the one key thing that like, destroys my theory but I I don't I just yeah I don't know man it's definitely possible I mean it's like, possible that it, Ray's it, parents aren't nobodies I mean it's still it's still up in the air yeah they, they could they could really have probably the biggest twist in episode 9 and no none of us even know what's coming we we just wouldn't know I mean just like Vader wasn't originally Luke's whether Luke is knew it or not well actually I think it was said that he didn't come up with that right away that Vader wasn't Luke's father. Yeah. And, and that Leia wasn't Leia. Luke's sister. That's why they kissed yeah. twice. Yep. And then he just threw it in there. And then they're just, yeah, he wrote it. It's in there. You can't do anything about it. You just have to live with it. Yeah, that's so unique of how things build upon each other. Because I know as a whole, it was like we had one through six. But there's those small things that he... Lucas woke up one day was like, dude, I'm going to make the biggest villain the hero's dad. Fuck off. And it's like, you can't do that. No, I can. I'm gonna. Listen. Yeah, because, I mean, Vader doesn't mention shit about... Anything. There's no past. He Vader doesn't... doesn't outside yeah. of, like, Obi-Wan being his master at one point. Right. But Luke's also on the Death Star, and he doesn't sense that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. JJ could literally go and change a few things and it would still work from a certain point of view. It would be no problem. Uh, we yeah. shall see. It's interesting to see the, the slow build of characters too. Because like the in the connections and the family, you you find out... And it's kind of weird how they, they reveal uh, Leia being your sister. You have a twin sister. Yeah. What do you mean weird how they reveal it? What do you mean? I just, you know, like when they do. Because if this was a plan all along, which obviously it wasn't. 
it was planned all along, there would have been little hints in there. You know what I mean? Well, Which is yeah. why in seven, I thought Han's reactions to everything Ray does and says were like little hints to something. Yeah. Like if that was in there, if if Vader or if Luke or Obi-Wan or something sensed something about Leia in four or five, that would have subtly set up the fact that she's going to be Luke's sister in the sixth one. But that didn't happen. But it did, f- it did look like it was happening with Han and Rey in seven. That's why I thought it was going that direction. So this might be, maybe I'm just forgetting and it might be a really stupid question, but when does Vader realize Luke is his son? It's not on the film, is it? It's not. We he, just see, no, I am your father. But obviously, you had to understand that Luke was your son before that. No, he. Uh, I think he sensed something weird when they were doing the Death Star trench run. And then in five, when the Emperor is on the hologram, he says, the pilot that blew up the Death Star, I believe he might be the son of Anakin Skywalker. He does say that in episode five? Mm-hmm, on the hologram. Uh, but that, that's the tricky thing. And that's why I never, I figured that people that weren't super invested in Star Wars might not have caught that. That he says he was the son of Anakin Skywalker. He doesn't say Vader, and we don't know yet that Vader and Anakin yeah. are the same person. God, they really did like button things up because they, there's a lot of openness in the original trilogy that they buttoned up. Huh. So yeah, he's the son, he could be the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. Well, at and that then, point, Anakin Skywalker and Vader are different, clearly. Well, they both act like he's they're two different people, yeah? Well, they they have to be because originally Darth was his first name. It wasn't a title. So his name right. was Darth Vader. So he was a completely different guy. The fact that they would twist that into that's a title. Also, it's a title for a Dark Lord. Also, that Dark Lord will used to be Anakin Skywalker, who is your dad. Right. That oh, The networking yeah. of like hints there are fucking, it's awesome, honestly. And, Palpatine treats it like that's a diff- that's a totally different life and a different person. Like he's the son of Anakin Skywalker, not you. You're my apprentice. You're a Dark Lord. You don't no, have your a name's son. Darth. Yeah, you go out to dinner on Thursdays. Well, <laughs> even with knowing the Darth title, I'm just saying like they're treating him. He's a Sith now. He's a different person. He's not Anakin anymore. They don't really address that at all until the very end when he's very pale and with his mask off. Right. Yeah, it's uh huh. It's always cool to look back and see how they how they started connecting things because it was very open. Yeah. Um and even on the call that we were discussing the round table, when the first movie came out, it was called Star Wars. There was one film, there was no no such thing as a trilogy, a saga, right. any of it. It was Star Wars. We're gonna start off with this farm boy blows up that thing, and that's the entire universe. That's the entire thing. But linking of how they went from there to now we have episode eight, it's astounding what they what they've done, honestly. This farm boy blows up the space station. That's the whole premise. <laughs> uh, it sounds so dumb when you say it like that. <laughs> My yeah. favorite thing in the world sounds stupid when you describe it like that. <laughs> Whiny farm boy gets pissed, goes over there and blows it up. So he didn't get pissed till six. Oh yeah. And even then, he's just kind of more whiny pissed. <laughs> whiny pissed. Swinging the fucking baseball bat around like Babe Ruth. 
Oh my god. If he <laughs> That's one of my least favorite parts. Mickey Mantle Skywalker. <laughs> Holy shit. He I want yeah, he they have baseball cards of him up there with the fucking <laughs> wiffle ball bat and all of it. Jesus Christ. That was his training. He was just flailing as much like we saw, we already discussed the episode 4 fight between Ben and and Vader. Yeah. And then you have this jackass. He's literally like Trying to hit a pinata that's invisible and floating around to him at all points. And what like what was his instruction? Try to hit everything. All right. <laughs> Just <laughs> like and then the kick that is like a foot away from the guy and he fucking flails back. <laughs> oh my god. There's some goofiness in there, man. It's all and yeah, I, I we I I say this in fun. Everyone always gets pissed. And you, all our, all of our listeners understand. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not pissed. I'm not mad about it, but I mean, I will bring it up again, and I'll probably fucking be pissed about it. I'm currently pissed. All right, we've been jumping around a little bit. Any last final appreciation of the Phantom Menace that we haven't touched on yet? Um. Oh, I, I've, I've, I've always mentioned ahead. the adventure feel. So it feels like it's very has a very adventure feel, as opposed to two, which feels like spy or political or something. I know film there's politics noir, yeah. and yeah, film noir. I know there's politics and taxation, trade federation shit in one, but it feels adventurous. We start off with two Jedi Knights. We don't know what they're doing. They end up in this situation. They have to smuggle themselves down to Naboo. They find the queen. She doesn't know what the hell's happening. They escape. They go to Coruscant or they go to, excuse me, they go to Tatooine. They find this random dude who can pod race at nine years old and he has more midichlorians than fucking Master Yoda. Take him, go to Coruscant, come back to Naboo. It just feels like the way it bounces around is very, I don't want to say lighthearted, but it just feels very, it has the adventure feel. Kind of of episode four where you they didn't really, the characters didn't really expect what they were going. They didn't really have a plan. It's just like the, the, the scenarios kept taking them one step forward. They didn't you know, plan stuff it, out. That's a, that's, that's, it's cool because it's almost like a soft plot. So, and what I mean by that is, while it wasn't the focus of the movie, the underlying distress is the Trade Federation's attacking Naboo. Mm-hmm. Well, what's that lead to? Well, we got to bring the queen and let's go. Our ship got damaged. So we got to figure it out on Tatooine. There's a strong boy. We fix, fixed our ship. Let's continue our adventure, like you said, mm-hmm. to Coruscant. No one's listening to us. Fuck it, let's go back and do what we need to do to, you know, end this uh, um, invasion. So, I I do think, and it's weird, it it is like a soft plot, because it's not in your face, it's not crazy apparent, Mm -hmm. trade negotiations, that's like, it's not a hard, like, reason, but, um, yeah, and it comes full circle, you start on Naboo, you do all this shit, pick up a fucking poor kid, try to get some help. It doesn't happen. And they come back around and uh, you meet up with the Gungans who you recently were like enemies with or despised each other. Yeah. Um, and but then uh, you end on Naboo. Well, you, you come together against a common enemy. I right. mean, that's, that's, I think that's good uh, writing. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like the, the situations are just carrying them from one place to the next. Because based on what happened, like based on what happens on that Trade Federation ship originally, they, they try to kill the Jedi. They didn't expect that. Now they have to adapt and they end up going down to Naboo. 
and they find fucking Jar Jar. They didn't expect that. And then they go, they go through the planet core and get to Naboo. And they didn't expect the queen to be acting the way she is. And then they have to help rescue her. And just just escalates like that from one to the other. I think it's it's as like we it. as we walk our way through this, it's almost more realistic as opposed to like a built story. It's situational. You show up, you figure out that there's an evasion. Well, let's go fucking figure out the invasion. Okay, it's, they're they're attacking the, the Naboo. Let's go talk to the Queen. We need to leave. We get damaged. I mean, it's kind of just Rogue One's kind of like that too. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, it's just it's not along that like specific hero path that we discussed an episode or two ago. Um, it's more of just a free ranging chicken farm, which is where it doesn't connect for a lot of people because like some of the best stories ever, yeah, have had the hero's journey. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, stuff like that. Um, and episode one doesn't have that at all. And I, I kind of like it because it's, it's totally different. I kind of like it. If it was just another, if Anakin started like Rey again, I don't know if it would be the same. I kind of like these well, a little good. Yeah. In, maybe I'm looking ahead too far, but I don't really think any of the prequels follow anything like that. Mm-mm. They They are all, it's almost like, the three prequels are one movie and you get you just see see it stretched out. Like it it might lead up to like a the hero's story or hero's journey. Well, I wonder as, if there's as an a whole one. What if there's an inverse of the hero's journey or something? Because that's what happens to Anakin. The villain's path. Something like that. I mean, there's probably in mythology there probably something similar. Because that's the, what happens. He starts pro- as a hopeful kid and then he falls from grace and becomes evil. The the protagonist. Protagonist. <laughs> yeah it's it's i always enjoy talking about movies that people well not that they hate but looking at it at a, at a different point of view yeah um the and the end sequence always gets me and we were discussing that too how it's it's still riveting to this day even though the graphics might be slightly dated Jar Jar has too much though. screen time. Anakin yeah. whines a lot. The yeah. the character building's bad. You yeah. still get to that pinnacle climax at the end, and you're like, "Let's fucking do this." You're <laughs> exactly, jumping around, yeah. and 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 it's. <sighs> you feel like trying one, spinning. Well, the bad, the worst thing of it is, and we discussed it. The Jar Jar accidental being hero and killing things, and he's he never really understands to get the fuck off the screen. <laughs> which isn't his fault. I wonder if that was a part of, because, you know, they've talked about, the actor talked about how that's like one very revolutionary moment in film effects because it's the first like CGI character that is a main character and is in there mixed in with the other characters. It's the first time that happened. And it's the first time that they had an actor in a suit and then added like the CGI as his head. So I wonder if they were just like having a fucking ball with this new technology and just went overboard with it and put Jar Jar on there as much as humanly possible. Because he looked good. Like Back Jar, then, Jar Jar yeah, as looked a good. character looked good. Yeah. Except for the one one where he stick his, sticks his hand into the pod racer. It looks like a rubber glove that someone <laughs> sticks into the fucking thing. I always, it's, it's such a small thing. That. It's such a small thing. But yeah, when he drops that wrench and he reaches in. It's like a fucking orange rubber glove that reaches in. I'm like, oh my god, what is this? Oh boy. No, yeah. I, like, I like I like episode. Oh shit. I like episode, episode one oh overall. Shit. I won my my cable fell. I like episode one overall. It's up there. It's man. better than two. 
It's better than two. You're saying it's better than four recently. That's, I'm that's saying awesome. I like it more than four right now. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying as watching when, uh, it, I enjoy watching it more than four because I don't want to watch 3PO and R2 run through the desert for 15 minutes. Yeah, we and that's why we have a podcast. We could discuss this all day. It could change next week. I was going to say, yeah, by the time Han Solo comes around, I might be watching them all again and they'll be in totally different order. Yeah, everything's going to be shifted up one because Han Solo's going to take the last spot <laughs> real quick. I think I we're have, all going to be pleasantly surprised. I Well, honestly, and I think I have the most, well, the least amount of expectation. So if it is actually a decent film, I, I just, I, I have no faith in this film. It's really weird. And I, I don't mean it as a negative that I don't think they can. I just, with all the troublesome director shit and and the lead character have to, having to get lessons to do his job and then they have, they have to reshoot 80% of it. What the fuck are they doing? Like, oh, and I, and I appreciate it because at the same time, they could literally be fixing the movie by doing all those things. Well, that's, so sure I do, that's I do, why they're the, doing all those things. Yeah. Sure. And I appreciate it, but it, it just, it sets it up as, as a bad rap already before the film even comes out. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate that all, all that shit happened. Um, I have a good feeling about it. I think it's going to end up being... I don't think that Lucasfilm, let alone Disney, is going to put out something bad like that. Especially when it has the Star Wars name on it. I really think they will. I just... No, I don't, I just don't think that's going to happen. There's no. too much hype. I don't think Disney will ever, ever cancel a Star Wars film. If they thought that Ron Howard couldn't save it, instead of reshooting 80% and doubling the budget, they probably would have just scrapped it right there. That's That's true. Yeah, fair point. I have, so I think it's going to end up good. This is probably one of the Star Wars movies that I have the least expectations for as far as a Star Wars fan. Like, I'm not predicting stuff. I don't have crazy theories. I already know that we're going to meet um, Chewie, Lando, and the Falcon for the first time, the Castle Run. But I'm not like, like for Last Jedi, like, who is Snoke? What's his background? Where to raise parents? Blah, blah, blah. That stuff's not happening for Solo. There's not that kind of buildup there. All well, the buildup is surrounding. Movie. Yeah. It's all surrounding. They fucked the movie and now they're trying to save it. And how's it going to turn out? No. And yeah. Like, it's the only news about the movie has been negative and how they're, they're fixing what they fucked up. So, uh, yeah, I think it has a lot of potential. Uh, I think I'm just not excited for it because I've had enough Han Solo for yeah, the rest for sure. of my life. Yeah. Um, even though I do enjoy the character and like seeing him on screen, I think he adds a lot to the Star Wars universe. It's like, come, just move on. Just, and even though like there's an Obi Obi Kenobi film coming out <laughs> supposedly, I still would rather not see him again on film. Give me something different. Give me something yeah, new. Yeah. Put another character there that that is in the background of something. Quinlan Voss or something. Let's do a fucking Quinlan Voss movie that no one knows anything about, but we do see one scene of him on Kashyyyk in episode three. How about like, we get a fucking Ahsoka movie? Perfect. Sign me up all day. <laughs> no joke. I am surprised that they made the first... So obviously Rogue One was the first spinoff movie, but the first spinoff movie based on an, an actual character. I'm surprised they picked Han and not like Luke or something. You know, it would actually be kind of difficult to do an Ahsoka movie because she's only lived in the cartoon universe and, like, that's the character is said, a cartoon. Yeah. yeah, that's what most people say about it. But I think they can make it work. They can make you anything they, work, man. Why don't they, they just, just recast start... the most iconic, one of the most iconic characters ever. They recast him as a younger version. So they I think should they just can make start it work. doing, like, the 
the DC animated films. Just do Star Wars animated films and make them really fucking sweet. That'd be nice. And do a, do a Grievous one and do... Like the, the O3 Maul Clone Wars. One. Yeah, that'd be sweet. They won't. Come on. <laughs> we still have no news on the live action stuff either. Or the Ryan Johnson trilogy. I expect we won't hear any of that for a long time. But So you, you said we have uh, some updates or some news about the Blu-ray and that sort of uh, thing for The Last Jedi. Yes. Uh, so apparently the Blu-ray is going to be up to two hours of bonus material. Wow. So I know that we were kind of like the Force Awakens bonus stuff was cool, but I was a little underwhelmed with how much was there. I feel like I, I watched through all that stuff in like 40 minutes and that was it. Oh, and and half and none of it really meant anything to me. They're like, yeah, we had like two BB-8s, and <laughs> this is how we used them. Like, I don't care. It was gonna hover, and now it rolls. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah and, and I not that I mean to say I don't care, but it was very underwhelming. I agree, and it was very short, and it, it was just kind of uh, kind of. Well, it was just nonsense. I want I to just, see how you shot stuff, why you shot stuff like that. I feel like they're saving stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of annoying. But so, yeah. So, the Blu-ray for Last Jedi is supposed to have over two hours of bonus uh, footage, including deleted scenes. And then, of course, I'm sure we'll get those little featurettes about how do you come up with the green milk titties and stuff like that. Wait. I expect there, an entire section about that. Were there deleted scenes for The Force Awakens? I think so. Yeah. I don't remember. I'm I should actually go back it. and watch yeah. those. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, and then Best Buy's um, exclusive pre-order has a four, the full 4K version. And Target's includes a booklet of, I don't know, art, pictures, extra, bonus, goodness. And I wish they would just put both of those in the same thing because I want it in 4K, but I also want that fucking booklet and I don't want to buy it twice. But I agree. That's how they fucking do it, I guess. Um, and also, uh, Ryan has put in some serious time and work with the writers of the novelization of The Last Jedi, which is the this is the first time I've heard of a director, obviously besides Lucas, going in and helping the team with the novelization version of his movie, obviously because he wrote it. But like, I mean, they said the original cut of that movie was over three hours. And we got it down to two and a half. So I'm sure there's a lot of big stuff in there that he wanted to make sure was included in the novelization. Chewie chokes out that milking dinosaur with his bare hands. Yeah, he can't. He feels bad eating pork. So he goes and <laughs> takes that goddamn walrus elephant bird thing, <laughs> cooks that up for dinner. <laughs> that, yeah. that ostrich rhinoceros, whatever the fuck it is. Ostrich rhinoceros. Ostrich hippo. Yeah, but um, I think I think that's fucking badass that Ryan Johnson already is has written and directed the longest Star Wars movie and probably the most controversial Star Wars movie, and he took extra time to work on the novelization with the writers to make it as good as it can be. Yeah, they're in Ryan. We trust, man. They're yeah. they're really pushing shit uh, in, in his direction. Um, so he's the new Lucas. He he. Let's hope not. Well. Pissed. <laughs> I guess you could take that one of two ways. <laughs> yeah. Octu, let's put a big do back. Well, he'll come right in the screen. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah, when's the special edition of Last Jedi coming out? Oh, Jesus. 
Two yeah. backs on crate, just walking in front of the fucking walkers. Yeah. Madness. Now, did we did we already discuss, I think it was beforehand, uh, about uh, KOTOR, redoing KOTOR? Probably doing KOTOR. What are you doing KOTOR? I started a new character with KOTOR. Uh, oh, yeah, you were talking and, about you and, and Kerner were gaming this shit out last night. Talk about it. So we just sat down and we were playing Battlefront and getting pissed because it's not that great of a game. So I said, <laughs> fuck it. And uh, we were on a party chat and I said, screw it. Let's let's just each start a KOTOR character and like walk through and talk like what you're doing and how you do it and why you do it. And it was cool because we were we were kind of comparing walkthroughs and it was it was interesting to see what he didn't do and what he didn't realize mm-hmm. and stuff that he did that I've never done. So um Still to this day, man, 2003, they created the greatest game ever, and it, it still is just surprising me. And just today, I, I, I booted it up, and I, I got the Tatooine. I just got HK, and you know that guy that uh, in the Circa office where you get your hunting license to get outside that the city? Yeah. they just There's that guy that's ranting and raving in there, and he, and he leaves. The Duros, yeah. Um, yeah. If you actually talk to him, he talks about trying to, like, not kill the sand people but save them and you mm-hmm. need a translator droid yep. i've never done the translation part yeah of it. that's the light side version of going into the tuscan raider plot spot i so i'm actually excited because i've never done that part yep so yeah, I, brought, I brought hk with me um i actually died right outside of the where you enter their their section of the this that's the tough part honestly dude there's like 30 of them and i'm not that strong yet so because <laughs> this is the first planet i went to so yeah i got fucked up it was pretty quick <laughs> Yeah, man, the game's amazing. It's it's really good. I think we have some nostalgia factor about it, but it's definitely absolutely, great. absolutely. Yeah, but it's it's, it's a solid uh, playthrough. You know, you can do different stuff. You can bring p- different people along. Um, your ch- your choices make a difference. Whether you talk to Karth or don't, he mm-hmm. he may follow you at the end, or he might just run mission run. Like <laughs> yeah. Jesus, it's hilarious. so bow before yeah. me. I'm the Dark Lord. Yeah. So, I'm excited. I'm a mullet guy again. I am dual wielding, so I got two blue lightsabers, and I'm I'm doing light side. Nice. So, um, but I'm not doing wholeheartedly light side because fuck paying full price for HK. That's that, bullshit. Yeah, every once in a while, whenever it saves you money, you can be evil. <laughs> Large money, like T3. I'm not paying two grand for that shit. Bitch, give it me, give it to me for yeah. free, and I'll, you'll get advertising. I'll say your name a couple times <laughs> later on in the game. Just for like three light side points, I'm not giving up all my credits because that's Absolutely. early on. You almost have, you only have pretty much like three or four thousand. Exactly. No, I had to sell things to buy HK. I was like, that ain't happening. I'm gonna threaten your life right now. <laughs> and you still don't get them for free. You still have to pay twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah. I was like, I don't have four grand. You're giving it to me. No. I was like, listen, your aunt and uncle. I know where they are, and I'm gonna cut them in half. <laughs> I'm gonna shut this shop down for good. <laughs> Pissed. So yeah, it's fun. Uh, I'm gonna continue playing through for my uh, umpteenth time. Um, but again, I'm I'm doing stuff I've never done. Bringing Zalbar along instead of the normal crew, um, and just doing sli- side things that uh, I've never done. So I'm excited. I'm I gave Candrus melee weapons for the lot my last playthrough. That's the first time I've ever done that. But his strength is so high, he gets more. Him dual wielding melee weapons. Gets more damage than me with my lightsabers, dude. There's that. There's <laughs> so that like a, a lull there, like right when you get your lightsaber that you suck 
ass. Yeah, it's and unfortunate. You, you can't hit anything, and it pisses me off. So yep. I actually keep that ritual blade that I buy on Terrace. I keep that out for usually until I get at least a, t- a Tatooine. Yeah. If you can really struggle through and not level up as many times until you get to Dantooine, that's tough to do because like there's some stuff at the end of Terrace that's really, really hard to get through. Well, Davik. Davik's hard. Yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah some... I, I actually saved up two. So when I got there, I immediately leveled up and then I had another one waiting. So I got two force powers right away. So it was nice. pretty fun. Hell yeah. And I always forget when you're a guardian, you do that force jump into the battle and it's like an immediate, it's like a hundred percent hit. Like you can't miss. I missed that on this last so. character because I did a consular. Yep. Yep. So, but yeah, I was also fun. forced insanity in everybody. I'm so doing a, the Kylo Ren for stasis for stasis oh, field. Yes, everybody just awesome. freeze so I can cut you down. Cause that's more humane than just killing everybody with lightning. Exactly. That's the difference between dark side and light side. I'm going to, I'm at least going to freeze you before I stab you in half, <laughs> stab you in half. <laughs> if they're real thin, you can do yes, that. It's a big lightsaber. <laughs> you kick you guy. apart. <laughs> kick you apart. Oh, God. So, all right, guys. I think we're wrapping this up. Episode 132. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Mopar did the Dogfish Head Romantic Chemistry. Gave it a two out of three. What do you got over there? Also did Dogfish Head. Uh, it's the Sequench Ale, a sour, which I usually don't like. And I was okay with it. I was liking it more towards the end. <laughs> you made it sound like one. you, you uh, it, which I usually don't like. And I still don't like it. So, <laughs> it ain't the best stuff. Uh, yeah, I gave it a one because I'm not a big fan of sours, but. It wasn't terrible. I'll say that. It wasn't terrible. Well, I'll agree with that. Okay. It wasn't the best stuff. Um, we are going to be releasing shorter uh, videos kind of um, explaining our top five highlights of each Star Wars film. We went into depth with the uh, the Phantom Menace today. Uh, we're going to be cutting and splicing a quick video, but we're going to be doing that through uh, all of the uh, films. So we're actually going to be, we're, what are we looking at? Nine. Nine films already. That and is soon so to be many 10. films. Yeah. Yeah, soon to be 10. I wonder how many Bond films there are. Like 20-something, 20 27? Uh, let me see. I'm actually curious about that. Bond films. I wonder uh, when when Star Wars is going to catch up. If we're doing one one a year. That is crazy. Think about that. A fran- well, I shouldn't even say that because Marvel's doing like three a year. So fuck it. 24 Bond films. 24. That's so many. I never since 62. So they've yeah. been going 56 years and they got 24. Oh, and I'll end on a on a weird note. I watched um on HBO Go uh The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh yeah. It was so weird and it has uh bilbo baggins that guy who played bilbo and then it's got most deaf as his uh alien friend what it's, yeah it's very weird it's I've like a, a, like a dry english humor <laughs> um but it's so weird it's so weird um i never even fucking conceived about that before you've never heard of it or anything it's a book i've heard of it but i've never i totally forget everything yeah, uh, I would definitely recommend. I mean, it's kind of a long movie and it's not that funny, but there, it's, there's points like, what the fuck am I watching right now? <laughs> like, there's, there, it, it's so such a dry humor, 
there, there was one point where they were talking, there was a robot discussing how all of the robots got implanted with like a happy, cheery outlook, but his upload was like, or I might be fucking it up, but his, his upload was like faltered. So he, he, he has like a, a slumber, like, oh, whoa, is me like a, like a, um, like the Alcor from Mass Effect. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But that's how he walks around. Cause he's like, I can help you if you would want help from me or something like, it's just like a, a, a sulking robot. It's fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, as soon as I saw most deaf, I'm like, Oh, this is fucking legit. Let's follow this watches. So anything um, with most deaf. Yeah. So, uh, and he's surprisingly good, even in, a, in yeah. a quirky humor. Like he's an open, open, funny guy in be kind rewind. This was more of like a dark, dry humor. And it was, uh, he still, he still killed it. It was pretty, he funny. was in uh, Dexter for a season too. He was good in that. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I think season five, I think. Yeah, I I'm think. never getting through Dexter. I watched nope. one one season of it, and I was just like, I didn't. It didn't catch me at the right time. We uh, we should do a video series about things that didn't age well because Dexter did not age well. I was chatting with that about somebody the other day, not Dexter specifically, but things that didn't age well, like um, like Beetleborgs, fucking terrible. It's all atrocious. Yeah, it looks so bad. Power Rangers look so bad. Uh, Space Jam wasn't that good. Dexter oh, didn't age come on. well. Space Jam, Space Jam lives up. Nope. Go watch it. <laughs> Go watch <laughs> it. I challenge you. <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> All right, guys. But but there are other things like Married with Children that like stand up. Dude, I'll watch Married Star with Wars. Children all day. Stop. Star. Four stars. Thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs>